Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show. to continue our conversation with Keith Chamberlain from the Barley Sheaf Players today. Hey guys. Welcome back. Hey, hey thanks. It's thanks been a long time. Again. Yeah, it's, it's been great to, yeah, back, to been? back in the studio. Nice it's, to see you again, stranger. It's very familiar. It's been at least a half an hour since we recorded the last episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to continue. We're going to talk a little bit more about the theater, a little bit more about the way things go there. And uh, we're, we're going to kick things off and talk about uh, last season. That's right. It was the 50th season. Yes, it was really awesome to celebrate the 50 years of an existing theater company, and, and they did. They reached that milestone. They should be proud of it. We were all excited. What we did in the format of last year's season, the 50th season, which we've just ended, was we took a show from each decade that was performed throughout those 50 years and put that on in the current, in the last year's season. So we took a show from each decade that was done. The directors came forth and they put on a show that basically did a trip through time, if you will. Each decade of the theater's existence. existence. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which was great. So there were shows that were just done in the 2000s, of course, and then from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And I think everybody, there were photos from the old shows and the cast that they could find that were up on the stage sort of with the headshots and all that good stuff. And, of course, with the new current, so you could kind of see when it was done, who did it. And some of those faces and names were back in this 80s. They were back, they were still with the theater. I mean, Mm -hmm. it talks a lot about the continuity of the membership, the continuity of the folks that are involved with the theater. Were there people who were involved in this past season's productions who had done the shows before from what i from what i can remember having seen most of the shows that some of them were in different shows in this current past season right but they were in one of the other 50 or season shows that was done yeah in a prior I, don't, time. I don't think yeah. there was any like overlap of people doing the same show a right. second time right but you know like uh, stevie tagey was was in uh the one that i directed and she was in i th- want to say something else i mean and i directed don't drink the water at the beginning of the season and i was actually in uh the first time they did almost maine okay so okay. there was enough of you know a recent enough show that mm. there was overlap with me in that right right and uh, andrea grinwis again she had been mm-hmm. in a show years ago in one of the productions and then she uh again was involved in another show this again so it's just yeah. really neat that the, the the faces and names of the players cindy schneider there are a bunch sure. of other folks that have just been with the theater for a long time that so that was a, cu- a fun way to celebrate and kind of bring the whole thing, uh, you know, sort of yeah. culminate in that opportunity. And so. with all these people that have been involved for so long, they actually added a whole bunch of lifetime members at the banquet, too. They did add a number of lifetime members to the – exactly right. It's, uh, they, they basically chose five lifetime members, one, again, for each of the ten years mm-hmm. of the theater. So. Uh, Wayne Grinwis, who's very involved with the theater, and Rhonda, I'm not going to try to say her last name because I will... Bastardash. Yes, I see, and I would totally have bastardized it if I tried to say it. <laughs> so, uh, Tina Stuber, Alan... Pie. Pie, because I'm going to say that wrong again, and Michelle Bollet, again, it's just yeah. great that they were able to give each one of those folks a... Yeah, I mean, there's like a, you know, a lot of people that are involved now that are like my age, who have uh, been involved since like kids' shows and teen shows. Like, yeah. uh, and they're still... And they're still going. They are. Still yeah. going strong. It's great. So this coming season, being the 51st, 
What do you got lined up? Wow, where do we start? Well, we're opening on September. I know 7th. the first one. I know the first uh, one. Yeah, <laughs> the cemetery, cemetery club. club. Bye, bye. Ding, 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 ding. All right, give him a bribe. Which may is probably already going to be open by the time we air this. Hopefully, it won't have closed yet. Yeah, September seventh through question. the twenty second. September seventh through the twenty second of September. So hopefully, we'll get this out by then. Okay, <laughs> and and that'll be followed up by Night Must Fall, which will Ooh, open up in October. Mystery slot. Yep. Cemetery yep. Club's a drama. Cemetery Club is a drama, yes. And it's. Uh, do you want me to tell you a little bit about it? Is that of any help? Sure. Or does it matter? Or do you, you know, just tell people go look at our website, barleysheep.org. They can read all about it. Plug the season. All right. You can give us a little so, snippet or synopsis of each show. So we were talking about folks involved with the theater for a long time. And Sydney Schneider, is the, she's the director of the Cemetery Club. And it really describes these three Jewish widows who are longtime friends. And they meet every Sunday and then visit the cemetery where their husbands are all laid to rest. And the, the three characters, you know, again, they go visit often, and one of them meets another individual who becomes a love interest. And, of course, the other two women do their best to sabotage that love interest. So mm. it uh, becomes a lighthearted, sort of poignant, humorous. Uh, and, again, it, it, they play it up, and it really is going to be issues that, that touch on aging. They're going to talk about death. But, really, it's about friendship and loyalty. So, so that's, that's opening. More answer. of a dramedy than kind uh, of. Yeah, exactly. I saw it, another production of it. Years mm-hmm. ago, Forge did it like last Maybe. year or the year before, so it's been yeah, done not, too yeah. not too long ago, not too long ago. Like ten a, years ago, I might have yeah. seen it. And there's a connection with me there. I designed the set for that one. Uh-huh. Oh, so very go. good, very good. And go see some of my work. So that is the September slot. Yes, so that kicks off our new season, the 51st season. It's followed by, in October, the 19th through November 3rd, will be Night Must Fall, and that's that's again as I shared on our last episode that we try to do a, a mystery or some other kind of drama in between our musicals, etc. So this one is a uh, this, this again the murder mystery of a grisly murder, and all the evidence points to one person who really insinuates himself uh, in the whole whole scandal of it all. But they're wondering can he be stopped? But he'll strike again, as there, and no one will confront this evil character. And he'll be out in the edge of your seat through this entire production, guaranteed. There'll be a lot of tension. You'll be wondering. What happens next during Night Must Fall? And I can actually talk a little bit more about this one because I'm also involved with that. Excellent. Are you in it? <clears throat> I am not in it. I am uh, the consulting director on that. Oh, no. Okay. So the uh, the the director, uh, Fran Kane, um, this is her first time directing at Barley Sheaf. She is an experienced director, however, has directed at other theaters. Uh, but it's a Barley Sheaf requirement that new directors have a consulting director. Hmm. So she approached me for that. So, you know, I was there at auditions. I... I ran the read through because she was out of town I actually have not been back since and I need to talk to her and get my butt over to the theater and look at some rehearsals and make sure everything's going okay but she knows what she's doing so it's not like I'm particularly needed in this role but it is it's definitely is that a meow I think that if you're that was a meow if you're hearing meows my cat is about in the background hi Luna anything to say (laughs) <laughs> I think we got a little something. You, you got the podcast <laughs> pussycat going on here. There you go. Right, I don't know right, if, you, right. if that picked up, but yeah. she did a nice, cute little I, trail. I heard, I heard it. I heard it. But anyway, so yeah, the, the show is, it's a mystery, but not really in the traditional sense. Because you pretty, it, it, it's not like, oh, gee, I wonder who it's did this. It's not a whodunit. It's no, not it's a whodunit. not a whodunit. No, no, no. It's more like a what's going to happen. Right. So you get to just kind of watch the whole thing developing and knowing who is the bad guy and going, all right, who's going to, who's knows this, who else in the cast? Well, who else in the show knows that this guy is the murderer and what else is going on? It's a very intriguing show. It's really a uh, character piece. 
it's the kind of thing where you'll leave the theater asking questions and having discussions about it, which is always a, a, a nice thing to go to. The theater should do that. Yeah, and, and a lot of fun, great, great acting parts. And then uh, then there's a hiatus in the main stage shows, but your holiday show this year is... Well, it's a classic, and of course it doesn't need any description or discussion, but a Charlie Brown Christmas will be our Christmas show, and that's happening December 7th through the 16th. It's the holiday show. And every year, the Barley Sheep does a holiday show. So that one, of course, needs no discussion. Every, everyone listening knows what the Charlie Brown Christmas is. If they don't, wow. <laughs> I don't know what to say. And I'm actually just noticing this looking <laughs> at the website that there is a sensory-friendly, relaxed performance of this. All right. A 2 p.m. matinee on Saturday the 15th of December. So there you go. Okay. Very interesting. The cat is choking himself on my microphone wire. Hold on, buddy. All right. All of a sudden, it's pulling my neck. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, Ooh, that was weird. Okay. Then in March, after we come back into the regular holiday, or after the holiday production, we come back into our regular season with the pajama game. And again, that's going to be going up on March 1st. It'll run the entire of four weekends ending on the 23rd it will be the musical as we discussed and so okay. a lot of people know the pajama game boy that's a show that's been around since i want to say the 40s or 50s glenn you might know more but it's been around a long time that's i just, don't know the specifics of that but i, saw, I know it yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's a it's a well-known uh, chestnut i guess yeah, you call it. exactly staple of theater yeah. right and so there'll be uh, i can do i can remember Steam Heat. And, you know, it's just got a lot of classic songs that the audience will be singing along with them. And it re revolves around the folks that work at the Sleep Tight Pajama Factory and, mm. and the romance that happens there and, you know, who's in love with who. And the boss wants to give everybody raises. And you know, it's all good stuff. But, again, it's a romance and it's a classic. It's a classic. So. Good old-fashioned fam family fun. Yes, clean, <laughs> clean family fun. After the pajama game comes Red Herring, and I don't know much about the show, the Red I Herring. I do. Well, I'm, thank you. Maybe you could talk about it. Jim. I directed another production right, of it, awesome. which we mentioned before, uh, and that is which slot is that? That is the April show. April, May, yeah. Okay. So I'll chime in. Please do. Uh, Red Herring <laughs> is set in 1952 at the height of the McCarthy Red Scare. It is centered around uh, an FBI agent and a detective who are, they're romantically involved, they're kind of tiptoeing around the idea of uh, you know, spending their lives together. Okay. They both become embroiled in an investigation of a communist spy ring, effectively, from different angles of it. Okay. But they find that, well, there's interesting ties to Joe McCarthy's family as part of the spy ring, as well as a well-meaning uh, young scientist who is also involved in the spy ring, but kind of has higher intentions about about doing it he's not necessarily trying to be anti-american he, he he's more concerned about the world as a whole and that kind mm. of a thing good and good. uh joe mccarthy's daughter gets involved with him and she ends up inadvertently getting caught in the spy ring and it's mostly a cast of six characters but several of the people play multiple roles in various oh, oh wow wow good, so good. it's okay. really kind of a romantic comedy but it's got the whole mccarthy communism spying element the setting right running through all that through it. Yes. yeah it's the through line okay and that's another first time director uh liz wheeler yes yeah. yes and she'll be joined as with christine robinson who i again very involved hmm? energized yep. board member and she direct christine directed me in my first show yep. when i and she's directing the holiday show this year okay so okay so yeah a lot of good people and the last show of the regular season <clears throat> will be you can't take it with you never heard of it what I'm kidding. get out of town no way <laughs> <laughs> 
So, and that, that revolves... Sycamores, who are they? Yeah, the Sycamore family, exactly. Who are they? So they're, they live that zany, fun-filled life, complete with all those unique personalities, interesting hobbies, and no responsibilities. So they're, uh, there's something about that when the Kirby's come to dinner or something like that, and the wrong night, wrong time, things just all go bust and break down, right? And so uh, can love conquer all, or all these two families just too different to make it work? And so, again, it's, it's, it's one of those shows that a lot of theaters put on and can't take away... I've seen it a hundred years ago. Another chestnut. Chestnut, yep. yeah, yeah. And it, it goes, you know, because you have to appeal. You have to make sure yeah. that the audience will have something that has name recognition. And so... It's it a of, large cast, too. So that right. helps, I think, too. So that'll, that's, that's, um, that'll, go up, that'll go up May 31st, right? The last weekend of May. And it ends on June 15th. Right. So, so it's a good mix through the season of, like, the better-known chestnuts and some lesser-known dramas and things like that with right. like uh you know night must fall a little lesser known yeah red so, herring maybe is a little less known I, I, well it's by a local a yeah and especially in this yeah. area because the okay. playwright is michael hollinger who is a professor at villanova yeah. so there's Bingo. kind of regional okay. interest okay uh and he's done other shows that have become kind of well known in this area the arden and uh other local okay see i'm a transplant so that's good i'm learning yeah. so he, guys, he's right. got he has quite a bit of name recognition. Okay. So his mm-hmm. shows have become kind of popular. That between Red Herring and Incorruptible, both of those shows in particular, which are slightly older now, uh, those two shows they have made the rounds a lot in community mm. theater and continue to make the rounds. Yes. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. Clearly. See, I learned something yeah. from you guys today. So awesome. And you can read more about the season, about the theater, or get tickets at uh, barleysheaf.org. Or you can find out more about our podcast at backstage.link. There you go. Or send us an email at podcast at backstage.link. Indeed. But there are other things that Barley Sheaf is going to be up to mm-hmm. uh, in between these main stage shows. They... One thing I want to mention before we move on from that, what was interesting that was pointed out when we were trying to come up with some sort of like theme to tie in with the, the brochure and everything, because I, I work on the brochure there. What, what was the one interesting thing that came up that we couldn't figure out how to tie in on the brochure, but every director, female. All women directors wow. this year. Which wow. is, I mean, plenty of women directors out there, but uh, it, it's kind of rare to get a, a full season of that uh, at a single theater. So. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, and, you know, we were just talking about the season. So, again, another thing that might be unique about The Barley Sheaf is the way the shows get decided on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. we have touched on that before. Have we? We, not, we have. Not, not, yeah, Jim oh, and I have oh, good. That wait a minute. In a okay. previous episode. So, uh, a long time ago, we had a... Check my uh, notes. I don't remember. A, Speaking about that, guys. Hold on. Wait <laughs> you, a minute. You got to listen to the... Uh, you know, you got to start binge listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about play selection, and Barley Sheaf was pretty much unique, as far as I'm aware, mm-hmm. in that the membership actually has a say in selecting shows for the season. Yeah, it's great. We have about 215 members this year thus far. We're in the midst of our membership drive for subscribers. And so uh, we're, we're trying to grow always involvement, people from a membership perspective, subscribers, all that good stuff. And so we yeah, at our annual gen- general membership meeting, yeah, we actually invite folks that come to the theater and we have everybody get together and we present the slate of shows that are being proposed to be done and the membership the general membership gets to actually vote on that and so that's pretty unique kind of a thing when it comes to a theater putting on their season i've not seen that in other theaters i've been involved with before not that i'm aware of and so that's kind of neat so members get a say in what they'll get to see it's sort of the the early days of crowdsourcing right and it was the barley sheep has been doing that and went it's uh the whole way they run their productions so Mm -hmm. anyway i think that's kind of neat and if you show up as a member, you get some juice, coffee, and maybe even a donut. Yeah. Ooh. So. Yeah, yeah, the board members bring in breakfast on that. I, I always forget about that. Yeah. That's what a 
Is that on a Saturday? Saturday morning. morning Usually yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Saturday there's. Morning. I, I mean, there have been times where there's so many shows being presented that there'd be like a lunch break partway <laughs> oh, through. Oh wow. But generally, it, it gets done by by around lunchtime. Yeah, time. it's a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, it takes a couple hours. So you want to talk about a little bit about what what else members get with their membership? Well, I'll do my best, Glenn. And so yes, as uh, things go, when when you sign up as a member, and I can go into, uh, we can sign up. You could do it all online because our membership page has the opportunity to do that. And what happens with that is you will get from September through April a an access to one free ticket to every show of the regular season. Not doesn't include the holiday stuff, doesn't right. include the kids shows which are separate, but you'll also get a subscription to the monthly email newsletter, the Ham Patter, which comes out and gives you all the highlights of things you want to understand and know what's going on at the theater. And where am I asked did that name come from? Ah, uh, you know I'm going to look across the table in yeah, the studio. Yeah, I actually I was responsible <laughs> for that when I was a uh, corresponding secretary. That, that's who does the hand pattern. So I did it for two years, uh, or two or three. I think I did it for three years because okay. I, I took over the position halfway through a, a term, and then I was elected to a second term. Um, nobody actually said how it got its name. My best guess is, <laughs> you know, actors are sometimes referred to as hams when they overact. So my guess is it's ham patter is you know, we're overacting, talking about ourselves or something. I don't entirely know where it came from, but I assume ham is a reference to hamming it up. That that could make yeah. sense. Yeah, I could yeah. go. I could and, go with that theory. I and when I when I theory. did when I took it over, I did a redesign. I mean, there was always a pig on there, and I decided to name the pig Ham. And I don't know if the, <laughs> I don't know if anybody referred to the pig as Ham before, <laughs> but that was Ham the pig. Mm, breakfast. Yes. <laughs> So that's that works for me, Glenn. I'll yeah. I'll, I'll work with that. That's sure. my best guess. Yep, yep. So you also get to be uh, eligible to attend the month of board. Uh, excuse me, monthly board meetings. You get an invitation to the annual awards banquet, which we host every year. We just had it just last mm-hmm. month, so that was a whole lot of fun to celebrate our fiftieth season. You are eligible to participate in the One Act Festival at the Barley Sheep, and we do one every year. It's usually in the winter time, somewhere around February. Yeah. One Act Festival. So. Uh, you also get the opportunity or the eligibility to direct a show again, but you have to kind of go through a process to be if you've never directed. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, there's a process to do that, but you're eligible to do that. And again, you get to vote on those shows, which is what we just talked about. Yep. So, and yeah, like I said, you can, as Glenn mentioned, barleysheep.org, all the information's up there, and you can download or, or pay online. And yep. we're happy to have you join the fun. <laughs> now, you just mentioned the One Act Festival, which is somewhat of a unique feature that I've remembered from years at Barley Sheaf and you mentioned that's sure. open to you said members well we, it, the, the public is certainly welcome to attend but a member actually you can do a you can be involved in a one act there to, to my understanding you can be involved in a one act there but they have the judges that come in the, you, your show cannot be judged unless everybody involved is a member well, so, I probably screwed that up because I was in one, but I wasn't a member. Yeah. So I, b- I believe non-members uh, can do one acts there. Okay. So you're not required to be a member. You are required to, I, I think everybody pays the admission fee yeah, yeah. for the it's festival, which is what, 10 bucks? 10 bucks, and you get to yeah. see a bunch of shows, and the, the shows each range from 5 to 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so they're sort of condensed shows, right. and some are originally created, some are written by our members some yep. are you know snippets of other shows depending on what you want to do so right. but the the show that wins the judging of those uh, of the one act festival gets to go on to the Pennsylvania community uh, Pennsylvania Association of Community Theater pact where they represent the theater and if you go on and win the pact competition you then go up to regionals and the whole thing that's organized by the American Association of Community Theater mm. so yeah it's a lot of fun and 
you see a lot of great creativity at the One Act Festival. Yeah, for ten definitely. bucks, you get to really eat a lot of fun theater. For you know, it's it, a good time. It always is. I was upset to to miss that this past year, and I mean, I, I've been involved with it a lot because I mean, I've done a lot of. I, uh, Jim and I have written some pieces that have gotten in there. I wrote one original Just the piece. One. Okay, yeah, the, right. We we uh, the one that we did that was a book deal. Book deal. Yeah, okay. that was okay. the that one. That was 2006. That was the debut performance of the first play Glenn and I co-wrote. Mm-hmm. Book deal. Uh, I think that got runner up, didn't it? I don't remember. Up? More meowing in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Luna. Awesome. Do you know? Yeah, tell us. What was tell that? Us. <laughs> we want to know. But uh, yeah, it's really it's you get to see a lot of fun. And diverse theaters. Some of them are literally six, seven minutes, and it's mm-hmm. hysterical. Yeah. And some go the full fifty-nine minutes. But they, they, there's yeah, a certain there are rules about you know, protocols, setup, rules, yeah. setup, tear down. Yeah. yeah, that's all uh, the Scripted. AACT, the American Association of Community Theaters. Uh, right. we, we go by their rules. It's very prescriptive. Yeah, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And it's, but again, it is great fun, and, and so that's something that the theater started doing. They, about, st- uh, I, they started a very long time ago, yeah. and then it kind of. Uh, fell by the wayside and then it was brought back i want to say like 10 years ago about, about yeah eight nine yeah. years ago nine years ago maybe yeah that sounds about right so it's so good fun stuff and again yeah. it's just part of extending uh, the outreach to the community so mm-hmm. i thought it was neat to be able to see our production because we weren't really involved with the production yeah. itself we just said here here's the script go go do what you want put it, it on mm-hmm. all right, use your all right. vision so that was really cool to see well, well yeah you were actually the the so jim and i wrote a second script, which we have not managed to get performed yet. Right. But we were talking, we, we spoke in our last episode about the the member who had passed away. He had taken it and was going to direct it. That's and right. And Keith was going to be in it. Oh, so we do have a connection wow, okay. here. okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was going to play, uh, I forget the name of the role, but the... Uh, well, be the, Max or Jerry. Probably. I forget who was Max. Who was Max. No, I was Max. the older technician yeah. guy. That was Max. That was Max. Okay. All right. Wow. All right. Yeah, so Small go. world. Yeah. Interesting. But, uh, that fell by the wayside because they lost. Uh, they lost Jerry. <laughs> so oh, he, he right. kind of just stopped coming to rehearsals, and then I was going to step in, but decided I was really not right for the role, and then that kind of right. fell apart. So you're the co-author. He's the co-author. Yes. Check it out. Look at that. It there is. <laughs> yep. Coming together. <laughs> yeah. And then there was another one that I had written on my own that I did direct. Yeah, that was uh, Superstition, right? Yes, Superstition. And, and that, that was, was that the year after? That was the year after a book deal, yeah. Book deal, okay. A year, that maybe was, two. Which was the same year, same, weird, same year that uh, I, I was in yell. it. I was actually in a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. <laughs> well, we did I Can Yell together. Right, which, which was, was excerpts, excerpts from the movie Manhattan. Yeah. Ah, good, good. Uh, and then I was in, it was basically a string of Monty Python sketches. <laughs> uh, That's great. That was under the title "Get On with It." Very good. And that was back good. when apparently you could stage sketches from the show, and it was okay. And it was but legit to do. It right, was right, legit right. to do yep, then. Yep. I don't think that is the case any longer. Anyway, so yeah, one act festival is definitely a, a good time. It's a highlight. It's fun. It's yeah. definitely fun. At yep. ten bucks, it's it's well worth it. Absolutely. That's something else that sometimes has gotten so long where I think they've done a break halfway through. Yes. Or they've done, yes. they definitely, like, they always have a little bit of a break before the judges come up and do their judging. And right. audience members sometimes run during that, <laughs> during they that break. They disappear. Go, go. It's, it's less interesting to sit through the judging if you're uh, not involved. Yep. Yep. So in another realm, for me at least, Barley Sheaf was sort of another debut for me for music. The first time that I had contributed original music to a production. Awesome. Uh, Glenn directed True West. Mm-hmm. This was 2007, kind of around the same time we've been talking about. Yep. And he had asked me to compose original music for his productions. So it was mostly scene changes. 
So that was the premiere of it. Yeah. Awesome. Essentially, awesome. he uh, completely wrote and recorded all by himself in a, an entire soundtrack for the show. Wow. I mean, wow. hes I'm sure he's... <laughs> he, he's low-keying in here, but uh, yeah, he did a really good job with that. And uh, yeah, a lot of it was used in uh, scene changes. There Was there any background or was it only scene changes? I'm I think it was only in scene changes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was around the time that uh, Brother Chief got a new sound system. Mm-hmm. So I think we yeah, all we, we put res- that in. We researched it. That. I mean, I, I think you helped a little bit with the research. And then there was me and one other guy. Was that um, Ed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we we uh, figured out what was needed there, and we installed an entirely new system with the the speakers and the board and everything. So the the soundboard and speakers and all of that that's currently there. Yep. That Jim and I and Ed put all of that in. Sweet. Yeah. So I have a little bit of a background yes, with Barley yes, Schieffer, even though I have not been a regular member. Mm-hmm. We won't hold that against you. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You're how's that, how's that sound you. system doing, by the way? Uh, a little dusty, but uh, it's, yeah, it's holding but up it, all right. But it does all right. right. Good, yeah. good. It's doing better than the attic walls, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is true. Uh, so, Keith, we talked a little bit about it off the episode. It might get in a future episode. Yeah. If we want to talk more yeah, well, about, about your experiences. Your own personal experiences. Experience. Sure. At Barley Sheaf or well, wherever. <laughs> I, I can say this about the Barley Sheaf, and I can say this. I've said it out loud. I've said it to folks at the organization. The Barley Sheep really adopts anybody who comes to their door. And if you're willing to put something in, you're going to get something back from them. And I, I showed up and auditioned for a show that that's actually where I met Glenn when I first moved here. And it was Neil Simon, The Dinner Party. And so there was this wonderful, crazy audition process with the director, Christine Robinson, where she gave everybody little snippets of paper and just had us yeah. all riff on it and mm. play it she, out. She likes to throw some improv uh, work into audition. It was sometimes. great, and it was absolutely loosened right up. Everybody was in it, and it was a whole lot of fun. So I like that idea, personally. Yeah. Doing that. It was great. It and makes I, me uptight when I'm doing it as an really? auditioner. Yeah. Oh, I oh know it's just it, at an audition. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking of it as like a rehearsal tool. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't like, uh, rehearsals, I'm a little more relaxed, but I'm so, like, I'm a somewhat high-strung person, and in case the listeners didn't know that, I, I'm sure Jim and Keith already know that. Um, but, I won't tell anyone. I won't yeah. tell anyone. Your <laughs> so, secret is safe with so, us. So throwing uh, improv into there, and, I, and I've worked improv. I ran an improv group years ago uh, at Forge. Um, I mean, it was like a, six months, I think, that, that we did that and culminated with the show. So I have some familiarity with improv, but throwing that into an audition just makes me extra nervous. Interesting. Yeah. I found it to be I found it to be very creative, and I had not seen it done before. Yeah, and I think Christine yeah. does that to just kind of break the ice and relax people. Exactly. That's a kind exactly. of neat idea. Yeah. And, and so I that began. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. I was just. Gonna, I think it's a neat idea for rehearsals too, because sometimes yeah. it helps people come up with character ideas mm-hmm. that they can then use. Right, right. They can ex- expand their brain a little bit or stretch right. a little. That's how sure. the hotline chuckle came about, I think. We were doing a maybe yeah. a speed through or something. I think so. Hmm. We talked about that show, did I we think, talk, already. Did we're... we talk about the hotline chuckle, though? We might want to just <laughs> explain what that is. <laughs> oh, God. So I'll explain it. So there was, a, you know, we've talked about hotline before, which is where Jim and I met, and that's yes. how I directed him, and I ended up directing Keith in it at the One Act Festival last year, two years ago? Uh, two, maybe, I yeah, think, two years yeah, ago. Yeah, I think two years ago. Yeah. So the, the character of Ken, who's uh, the guy that's answering the hotline, always has this chuckle, and there's even a line in there, if you give me the hotline chuckle one more time, so I just kind of had this distinct 
chuckling laugh in my head that that Jim was not hitting in rehearsals, and then I don't remember what it was that we were doing. I think I we think, did a speed through or something yeah, like that. And I said and that's I it, and, really then I, and then I realized basically what I wanted was Dan Aykroyd's impression of Tom Snyder. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Do you remember that from SNL? Like yes, way yes, in the, old days. the Tomorrow Show. So it was like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> No, 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 no. That that was real. I don't know if I was doing it right, but it's been a while. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, just so, so there you know, was improving like that. Improving got yeah. got me in, and again, instantly I, I I found my now home theater, as it were. So the but there are certain things I can remember very distinctly about about some of my acting. I was fortunate enough to be directed by a gentleman who has since passed away in The Miser. He gave mm-hmm. me the role of the Miser, which is a big role, long monologues, you're on stage, 88 out of 102 pages kind of uh, thing, right? Mm-hmm. And Been there. Yeah. But but in one scene, I'll never forget that, I, again, I'm an old man. I was grayed up, and I had, which doesn't take much more anymore these days <laughs> to actually use makeup on me. But, but I had this cane that we had, this rickety old cane that we had screwed together, nailed together, glued together, and all that stuff, and it just kept falling apart. During the production one night, there's a scene where a woman who's one of the house servants or house cooks rushes at me, and she plowed into me at full speed, and the cane, kind of the top handle broke off and stuck me in the back as I fell down, and and I was really hurt, and I'm of course not supposed to be really hurt, I'm just supposed to be stunned, but there was blood coming through my shirt, and it was one of those things. And we'll never forget it. It's one of those things yeah. that you just never forget about. But, of course, the show must go on. It's live theater. The audience thinks it's this really awesome this special happening. Effect. Yeah, right. you know. So, so there are things like that I can recall. There's a, another show that we did. It was called Inspecting Carol. which was one of our holiday shows. Again, we do one a year. And I got to play this character who is this gruntled actor who – who's always Scrooge. Every year I'm Scrooge, 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 and I I usually have a drinking problem as well in this particular character. But there's a scene where I have to, we're so, the scene's about a theater company putting on a production of The Christmas Carol, and they have no money. So they have to basically create a fake turkey out of cardboard. Now we have, you know, we've made this huge turkey thing up. It's got paper bags on it. It's wrapped with tape, the whole thing. And it really looked wonderful. It was really well done by the prop people. And, Props to the prop people. Oh, my God. <laughs> Big time props to the prop people. And so the, the scene comes out. I'm supposed to be shaking this thing. We, we can't even get our, uh, a real turkey. We got this filthy cardboard turkey. I'm supposed to say something. I completely blanked out. And, of course, the actors are all looking at me, waiting for the line. And, of course, I don't have the line. So I just kind of made up this, bah! and I threw the turkey on the ground. And I got so much, so much razzing backstage after that. Keith, what's, bah! you know. <laughs> So it's all good. It's, it, we all had a great laugh about it at the cast party after the fact. So, And for Christmas that year, the director of the show, Stevie Teji, gave, gave me a little ornament that was a little filthy cardboard turkey that now awesome. I hang on my Christmas tree every year for that because she was That's the director great. of that show. And again, the people are so sincere. They're wonderful. And so every Christmas I always laugh about my filthy cardboard turkey because yeah. I hang one on my tree. <laughs> so good stuff. It's all good stuff. Yeah, it's interesting with Barley Chief. You said how they're so welcoming there, and I, I, I've heard occasionally rumors that people seem to think that we're that Barley Chief is not wow. a welcoming theater. How could that be? I don't know. I mean, there is definitely a lot of uh, casting overlap, hmm. um, but I think what it comes down to is just that there's a core of people that keep coming back. 
So it's difficult. I mean, it's a talented core. And I think you've always got these new people who come in. And whenever new people come in, we certainly do try to cast them. And I know every time I've directed, I have cast people who are not Barley Sheaf members, some of whom keep coming back and now are Barley regular Barley Sheaf members like you. I mean, you haven't been around that long there, but you came in, you were cast as a, as a new person, and you became a member and loved it and stuck around. So. And now, now I'm on the board of directors. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. think that's what happens. I think just so many people stick around and people see these people getting casted repeatedly or cast repeatedly. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I agree with you. I think it's a very open place and a very welcoming place. Yep. I have, I have nothing but wonderful things about the experiences with those folks and all of them and you included, Glenn. And so, yeah, well, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that rumor exists because it's yep. a I don't I suspect that's probably not unique to barley sheets no I, I think you uh, hear that at some point about almost every theater out there yeah I think it, it seems to me from what I've observed that it's a, a lot of theaters have this perception of having regulars yeah and I think that's it's true because you know we've talked about our home theater and, and I keep using barley sheep as an example because that is my home theater uh, and the you know more than half of what I've directed has been there. Probably, I haven't like counted up the shows that I've acted in because there's a lot more than I've directed, but I suspect at this point that it's probably uh, you know about the same where it's more than half of what I've acted in. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's a. I think it is a very welcoming place, and that's what I like about it that everybody is very welcoming. Yeah, we we just did in the last season we did Twelve Angry Jurors, which again I was fortunate enough to be the twelfth juror in that show. And there was a woman, Mara, who has never been in our theater company before. She auditioned, got a part, and she just loved us all. She said, yeah. I've heard of you guys. I never came out. I never auditioned. I came. And she goes, you guys like to have fun. You guys are wonderful. You like to laugh. And it was great that, that you know, again, as, as the director found someone who fit the role, does the does well and boom and now she you know she she's just delighted as all that she became part of the organization so yeah i i have had just nothing but wonderful experiences with the group so it's a good place yep so what so, uh, were other some of your other uh, highlights glenn that we haven't already talked about oh before? i'm sure they're going to come up so why mention them now? <laughs> we're already looking at about a half hour here so i'm sure they'll come up in other episodes and they've come up in past episodes but i think that can about wrap things up we, don't, right. need to, we don't need to talk about me anymore <laughs> Why so, stop now? Eh, really? <laughs> we won't. We'll talk about me more next week. So <laughs> tune in then. Uh, you know, give us a, a thumbs up. Well, I guess it's not a thumbs up. Rate us on uh, iTunes. You can do that. You can uh, uh, give us a nice five-star rating. Leave some comments. You can shoot us an email at uh, podcast at backstage.link. If you want to temper it with three or four stars just so our heads don't inflate that much. No, I want five. <laughs> five or nothing uh so meantime we'll uh catch you next week on i don't know what uh i don't know what actually you know what's probably going to happen because we, we were talking earlier before we started recording this uh the three of us are babbling around a lot so i think next week might be a something of a clip show where we're just going to put together stuff that didn't really fit into either of these uh last couple of episodes so uh tune in next week there might be a little bit more with keith perhaps and don't forget our website backstage.link yep. and our email podcast at backstage.link be sure to drop us a line yeah and until we hear from you again or until you hear from us again i'm glenn and i'm jim and you have been listening to the backstage show bye bye this is the first time we've had some uh cold ones during our recording <laughs> adult beverages during the our show for one thing you're doing it again
Yep. <laughs> beard scratch. Beard scratch. I'm just looking down. Glenn's beard is scratching his micro. Oh, cat. Wow. Mike. That's going to be tough to edit. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that was in the middle of us laughing. It was. Right. Well, yeah. I might be able to mute your mic for that part. No. Yeah. Try.